Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. You can also listen to episodes on our church YouTube channel. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. And I'm Grayson Willis. Thanks for tuning in today. And today we're joined by Mark Stavanis. Mark's here to share his testimony with us today. We're going to start out with a kind of a low-key question that we like to start out with. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? My favorite ice? Oh, well, that is low-key. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Vanilla. Oh. Yes, it is a flavor. It's not just the absence of chocolate as the rest of right folks in my, in my family would say. Well, for once, I'm the odd person out, and Grayson is in heaven right now. <laughs> Somebody's agreeing with him on vanilla. I have a big grin on my face because uh, you don't get that. A few times we've gotten people that said their favorite flavor is vanilla, and they agree with me. But, yeah, I just, I mean, purest form of ice cream vanilla. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I like any pretty much any ice cream that has something crunchy in it. It's just, I don't know, even growing up, if we had just a flavor of ice cream, raspberry or vanilla or chocolate or whatever, mom always served like potato chips or pretzels or something crunchy. We always had something crunchy with our ice cream. Crunchy and salty. Yeah, crunchy Mm -hmm. and salty. So anyway, I'm glad that Grayson has found um, likeness in ice cream. So if you'd just like to start out telling us, uh, Mark, about where you're from and a little bit about how you grew up. Well, uh, I was born in Indiana. And the reason we were in Indiana was uh, because my dad had graduated uh, seminary at Goshen College, Mm -hmm. and my mom was an elementary school teacher. And at some point while we were there, she got her master's in elementary education from Indiana University. But we were there because my dad was uh, pastoring a couple of small churches, Mm -hmm. just starting out as a pastor. And my dad built a small ranch, and as I understand it, uh, in a beautiful little patch of woods. And um, we weren't there very long, or at least I wasn't on the scene very long. They were there a number of years before I came along. But um, when I was three, I think, they sensed a call to Mennonite Voluntary Service. We call it VS, Mm -hmm. and wanted to just go and do more for God. Mm -hmm. And um, it was also kind of the era of, you know, do what you can for your country and, you know, that sort of thing, give back. And so we moved to the Watts area of Los Angeles, and uh, we were there two and a half years. I think that was the service term. And um, I don't remember a lot about that time. There was a pretty good-sized earthquake, I think 72, and uh, I do remember that. So we were there, our, our term, we did a lot of traveling around California. I think that was probably one of the reasons why we went there, mm-hmm. my, Dad loved to travel. So the next step was to go to Amarillo, Texas, where the Mennonite Church asked my dad if he would help get a small Mennonite church going. And um, so I went there basically to kind of help with a church plant. And so I was 10 years in Amarillo. Then we moved to Richmond. Uh, There was a Mennonite church in Richmond that my parents had some connections with. And also it was closer to uh, my grandparents in Pennsylvania and Ohio. And they were aging, and so my parents wanted to be closer to them. So Richmond, and I went to school at Eastern Mennonite, back to Richmond, and then back to Harrisonburg, and I got married, and I've been here ever since. So you certainly grew up in the church. I did. What was your salvation experience? Is that something as a child? Was 
was that like for you? Or was that later in life? Oh, I'd always known God and the Bible and, you know, grew up in Bible stories and being in the church. And it was never not there. Right. My mom would play uh, Medical Mission Sisters uh, records on Sunday morning. And so my brother and I have wonderful memories of that. We were at church all the time. Yeah. I mean, we well, you know, we had to be. You were there early and you stayed late. That's right. And, and, you know, Wednesday nights and Sunday evenings. And I enjoyed that. Not every child does mm-hmm. uh, in that situation, but I did. But I think probably my earliest memory of God being real to me, and I, I think this was, there's some salvation in this, was uh, we just moved to Amarillo, and um, I'm seven, I'm guessing, and we hadn't gotten into our home yet because of some um, issues with buying it, I, I guess, and so we were staying at the home of someone from the church, and that night there was um, probably a typical panhandle thunderstorm, but they are amazing things. I mean, they're loud, and they go on for a while, rolling thunder, and the lightning. I mean, it's just a pretty incredible experience. And um, I was frightened out of my mind. Uh, I was probably very, very tense just from everything that was happening, the move and, uh, and all that. But I just cried and cried and cried. And my mom came in and was trying to comfort me, and nothing was helping. And um, she told me that we needed to pray, that God would give me, I can't remember exactly what she said, that God would take away my fear. And we did. And my memory was that it was instantaneous, that I stopped crying, was no longer afraid, had peace. And I see storms now as just God, you know, that God's there and he's in it. He's in it with us. Yeah. And uh, so it was just, I often think back on that story when I'm in a storm and um, know that God's there. He can give us peace. When we turn to him, he is there. I think about in scripture when he calmed the storm Mm -hmm. and it wasn't long after he calmed the storm that uh, there was a woman that was seeking him, and she reached out to him, and he said, your faith has made you whole, mm-hmm. because she sought him. Right. And that's just beautiful. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And it's amazing how experiences like that are so formative. Like that transformed even how you see a storm. Mm-hmm. When some people yes. would have fear, you see a storm and realize that God is faithful. That's amazing. It also made me understand that children can be changed. I mean, that children can get an amazing insight, revelation of God's power. It's not something that's delayed. Right. right. You don't have to wait till you're an adult to see that yeah. God is God. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the same God that's in me as an adult is in a child. Right. So. Powerful. That's a great testimony, especially of the immediate. You had fear and immediately after praying, it was gone. It was gone. And just talks about the power of God, and obviously we know that. Also, you're talking about the same God that's in a child as in an adult. Like, I think sometimes people that I think of that pray these bold prayers and they immediately get answered or whatever, we know that God has a different way of answering prayer, but I think, you know, the same person they're praying to is the same God I'm praying to, so, you know, why couldn't he answer my prayers the way he answers them? Maybe I just need to be a little more, maybe it's I need to have a little more faith or Maybe I need to have a little more patience or whatever it is and just trust him, whatever I'm coming to him for. Jesus told the disciples, you know, Mm -hmm. to have faith. The little children came to him and they believed. Um, 
and sometimes as adults it's a little harder to we know more right you know but to have the faith of a child and that's a beautiful picture of just what that looks like in today's world where there is so much fear um, that people are dealing with and anxiety and as a child to understand that God is the God over the weather like it it helps you transformed and helped you with the rest of your life, I'm sure, just to have um, that faith and praise God for parents that took you to church and Amen. Probably more often than you wanted to be at times, but especially Sunday evenings. Yep, for sure. So, talk about what it was like moving around as a kid. You know, from Indiana to Los Angeles to Texas and then to Richmond. Just how was that? And was it an easy adjustment for you? A hard adjustment? Well. The first couple of moves, I really don't remember. I I remember the big moving truck, and my dad put me on his lap and let me steer this big U-Haul truck on our way to Amarillo. I remember that. Moving from Texas to Richmond was more difficult because I'd started uh, school uh, with a number of people and had gotten really good friends, and so leaving them was difficult. But I got the travel bug from my dad, and I like to see new places. And and, uh, this was an opportunity to see a new part of the country. So we didn't move during my formative years enough for that to really be a problem, thank goodness. Probably the bigger problem was when I did move to Richmond, uh, I went into a high school situation that could be its own podcast. (laughs) I don't want to go into a lot of detail about that, but it was trying. And uh, there's been a lot of healing, uh, a lot of work and forgiveness, and just kind of coming to terms with it. But uh, we had a wonderful church in Richmond, wonderful, caring people. So then you came to Harrisonburg, and when did you meet your wife? Was that here in Harrisonburg? Well, we actually, she was at Eastern Mennonite. Uh, While I was there, I was off campus when she was on campus, and I just have some memories of seeing her Mm. on campus. Uh, We hooked up uh, a number of years later, uh, the very early years of the Internet, Mm. uh, America Online. And so it was kind of a, a friend of a friend, I guess, the girl that hooked us up wasn't my friend, but it was kind of a situation where I got to know her, but she knew Sandra, and so she got the two of us together. Very good. And uh, the rest is history. Yeah, were you all both in Harrisonburg at that time, or were you... No, I was in Richmond. You were back in Richmond. Yeah, and that was the days of... uh, We just celebrated 25 years, uh, by the way. So that was the days of expensive long-distance calls, and... Oh, yes. If you were online, she couldn't get through to me to yeah, call me and, that's right. and writing letters and kind of old-fashioned yeah um, but it was, it was it was hard uh being away mm. being away from her so i'd go up to harrisonburg and stay with friends and visit her she'd come down uh stay with uh, church folks and mm. see me and so then in 97 we got married okay very good and then i moved to harrisonburg yeah. so what have you done over these years what what has been your work here in harrisonburg well, uh, I was at a company that uh, used to be called CMDS for a number of years. Then I uh, went to Rosetta Stone, okay. and I was there for maybe 13 years. And now I'm with Lumos Networks okay. uh, out of Waynesboro. I'm a project manager for them. Very good. You've been a part of some other projects recently, too, haven't you? I have. I have. <laughs> Thank you for, I think you're talking about Celebrate Recovery. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, tell us a, a little bit about the journey that you've been on uh, with your church with Celebrate Recovery. 
Well, um, thanks to the fine folks at the Harrisonburg Church of the Nazarene, you helped us get uh, Celebrate Recovery off the ground. It was from uh, the vision was from a, a young man in our congregation that uh, found freedom here at your Celebrate Recovery and wanted to get one started. And I have been involved in uh, a recovery kind of program here in Harrisonburg called Greater Hope. Mm-hmm. And um, we got into leadership with Greater Hope and just felt like all that experience and training was culminated in my feeling called to help get our Celebrate Recovery uh, off the ground and get started. And we did in January of this year. And and we meet every Thursday night at 630. Yes. We picked a different night so that people could come to either Celebrate Recovery and our We'd love to, I think our desire would be to have a Celebrate Recovery every night of the week in the community. That would um, be wonderful. I know for me, when I started feeling led to start the Celebrate Recovery here, I thought, man, I'm going to do this and help some other people. Mm-hmm. So you have to go through that step study. Yes. And um, so it wasn't far into that step study, which is about a nine-month commitment, that I realized that God had some healing to do in me before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was really ready um, to help others, and it has been a transformative resource in my life. And um, I don't want to say a program because it's a community. You know, it's the community of Celebrate Recovery and going through a step study and just having community with other people where we all enter. Going, you know, what I have something I need to work on mm-hmm. um, has been really good. So, what was that like for you? I know you all two started into a step study, kind of a group of people that were. Um, the way it works is a g- group of people that are feeling called to do this type of ministry um, starts into a step study, and you go through that process yourself before you ask anybody else to go through mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like for you um, to go through that step study in preparation to be ready to start Celebrate Recovery at your church? What was that step study experience like for you? Uh, meaningful. Very, yeah. very meaningful. Those questions, they're not easy questions, and they're designed to make you think and to really understand what you're doing and why you're doing it and what changes need to be made. Unfortunately, we had to do a bit of an abbreviated mm-hmm. um, step study, so I am looking forward to uh, hopefully later this year when we get enough uh, men and women that are committed to the program or community yeah. to do another step study and go through it at the more appropriate pace. Yes, um, and we did that too. We had to kind of move yeah. You along. have a, you have a deadline. Yes, that's <laughs> to right. get started in January. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I'll say one way that it helped significantly was we were uh, addressing a situation in the church that was it was kind of a new situation, and we needed to address it as elders. I'm one of the elders mm-hmm. uh, at uh, Cornerstone Church of Harrisonburg, and we really needed to address it. Uh, in a Christ-like way. And having gone through those questions and written out the answers helped me to formulate the questions to come to the meetings Mm -hmm. that we were having Mm -hmm. with affected individuals and ask questions in a certain way and with certain words. And... it was just amazing how God used it to pave the way to 
praise the Lord has been a, a really good resolution. Good. But I just felt this is God. He's using something seemingly unrelated to guide. Mm-hmm. It becomes a resource that is yeah. usable in every area of life. That's what Definitely. I find. Like what I've learned in Celebrate Recovery is it's, it just gives us tools and resources and how to navigate all kinds of situations while helping us to heal some deep hurts and wounds um, in our own lives. And Mark, you said something, and this relates to Celebrate Recovery, I'm sure, also, but you used two words um, early on in your testimony. You talked about healing and forgiveness. And, you know, now that you're a part of Celebrate Recovery and in the leadership of a Celebrate Recovery, what do those words mean to you? And, you know, how do they relate? And especially in the ministry of Celebrate Recovery, if you'd like to share. Well, healing and forgiveness, I mean, it's everything. I mean, that's it's daily. Right. right? It, mm, it, that's good. Being in church leadership and leading Celebrate Recovery, I mean, I need to model what I'm asking other people to do. And so I often think, what areas do I need to give forgiveness? What areas need covering? <clears throat> and help me to know. I can't be an effective witness if I've got this baggage on me. If I can't be transparent and honest and model how that works. I can't be an effective leader or an effective witness. And so, you know, healing and forgiveness is it's a journey. It's their stages. And the more you do it, the easier is not the right word, but the faster it happens. You don't spend nearly as many cycles <laughs> yeah. going, going, around, that going around that mountain uh-huh. because you've had the experience of it happening. And making the choice to forgive and going through that process, watching others do it, it gets faster mm-hmm. and, okay, easier. <laughs> That's not exactly the right word because it's not easy, but it certainly uh, is rewarding when you are able to do it. Yeah. And so um, it's just something that, and if a, a person is at Celebrate Recovery for a symptom, Uh, a manifestation of a symptom of deeper issues. Mm -hmm. And it's getting to those deeper issues and bringing those to the light is really what brings the healing. Right. Right. Yeah, it's some of the addictions and some of the behaviors, um, not necessarily just addictions, not just totally related to substance and alcohol, but so many different addictions that we can have. Mm -hmm. That's a symptom of a deeper issue. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily the issue is what you're saying. There's character defect. There's something that's deeper that needs to be dealt with. So many times the things that we run to are what we use to cover that pain. It's the opening Mm -hmm. to get a person into a community to understand what more is there. Mm -hmm. And it's just just the the catalyst or the the springboard for the Lord to do more in a person's life. Um, I have a feeling that you help teach. All right. Uh, well, I will not yet. I'm, no. I have a wonderful group of leaders that they've been sharing their testimonies and doing a lot of the teaching. I will be doing inventory mm. coming up soon. Yes. So yes. Um, I'm excited about that because I've gone through that process. Uh, part of Living Waters is um, a similar kind of thing, and I imagine most most twelve steps. Yes, you have you an have inventory. A inventory where you really need to come to grips with things you've done or things that have been done to you, um, and then you later use that for amends, uh, forgiveness, 
yeah. uh, those steps yeah. a little later on. Yeah. Um, um, but I do, I do enjoy teaching. Yeah. I, it's really interesting when I teach occasionally, not very often, but occasionally. And it's so interesting to be teaching and to see the lights come on mm-hmm. in people. Like they're just like, they get it, you know, like all of a sudden. And that's beautiful. It's a beautiful part of being a part of this is seeing uh, the transformation of people. Um, Definitely. And we're in our fifth year here. So, you know, we've seen some amazing transformations. Just had one of our leaders baptized recently and just I had a conversation uh, with him last week and it was like he came asking some questions and he had made some really really good decisions and I said you wouldn't have made that decision a few years ago like God Mm -hmm. has transformed you this is proof of God's transformative work in your life and um, so that's the beautiful part it's not an easy ministry I say often it's the hardest and the best ministry that I've been a part of but it is certainly transforming lives in amazing ways. And Mark, you talked about, uh, you know, having a good team with you with Celebrate mm-hmm. Recovery there at Cornerstone and about people sharing testimony. Just talk to the power of sharing testimony and being transparent. Obviously, it's in a, you know, controlled environment and a um, confidential environment, right. but still right. the importance of being open, even in that confidentiality. Well, so one of the requirements that we have at Celebrate Recovery is that folks uh, email that they send the leader, yes. you know, their testimony to review ahead of time. You know, you're looking for like, is it long enough? You know, are they going to say something that might be an issue for someone else? Yeah. You know, that be a or, trigger or, yeah. or, or what I've asked is to expand on more of a couple of places for some of the folks. But I email them back because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to be open with mistakes that you've made or things that have happened to you that are embarrassing or, you know, maybe there's some shame you're still working through. But I I will email them back. And I told one lady that I could not have more respect for you Mm. right now after reading your testimony. And it's the idea is not to kind of revel in the awfulness, right? But it's to show the before and the, after there's never really an after there's beyond before yes yeah <laughs> but you know after is really when we're in heaven with the lord right. it's a work until we die. It, it, it is exactly <laughs> but to see the difference yeah the difference and it's it can be uh as fast as what i shared earlier about the lord taking away my mm-hmm. fear but often it's not and just to see the journey that the person made and i i asked them to be very specific about steps that happened people who came into their life to mentor them or to put them on the right path. And the paths go all over the place um, sometimes, but they are not there anymore. That's right. That's the important thing. I may not be where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. Exactly. Um, I think that's a Joyce Meyer quote. Well, I recently gave my testimony. Okay. And I was uh, very open about it. And, uh, you know, I know how they will react, which is in love. Uh, but you still, mm, yeah. uh-huh. you, you still, you're still nervous about it. A little fear it. interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the past, but you don't really want to dredge it up. But it's important. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important to, and it also, it also helps you kind of think back and realize maybe there's more work I need to do here. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's a little more forgiveness I need to extend in this area. And what I'm kind of wondering about now 
is at what point do you begin to let participants begin to share um, a testimony? We have not had any participants. Uh, we probably will. I'm, I'm planning on one. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, at what point does that happen? So maybe I'll email you. Yeah, <laughs> talk yeah to I've you got about some that. thoughts about that. We did that just recently, and it was probably one of the most powerful nights that we've had was a participant. Now, was so, it a participant that has been with the program for quite a while, or were they? Um, there was a participant that has been in and out and has had some good times and some bad times. Um, but God really has done a work in the recent, I'll say, six, eight months. And it was a powerful, it was fresh, it was a little raw, it was good, um, and so well responded to. It was a good thing. I was a little concerned, you know, mm-hmm. about it because mm-hmm. of the newness, but it turned out to be a really powerful evening for us, just the people that showed up that night, that, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. God just, just in all the details of all that. And maybe the person will really respond well to the trust. Yeah. Yeah. It and, was, and the that responsibility, was a big thing. Mm-hmm. because there is kind of a responsibility because you are saying, uh, this is the old me, mm-hmm. this is the new me. Yeah. And people have to trust. Staking a claim. That, mm-hmm. Right. Right. That, you know, it, it's, it's honest and it will continue. Yeah. Is there anything that we haven't asked you about today that you would like to share about the program or anything in your life? Uh, well, I just, I have a wonderful church. I haven't always felt good about church situation, mm-hmm. but we have a good pastor. I serve on a very dedicated group of elders, mm-hmm. um, and the church is growing. I think we're, you know, we're making disciples, mm-hmm. and that's just, I just love being a part of that. And it's challenging at times. Yes. Um, but that's faith. That's relying on the Lord to yeah. bring us through those things. Uh, I was doing announcements at church on Sunday and excited about Celebrate Recovery. Yes. Um, and CR was up on the rotation of our prayer focus, just coincidentally, or God put it that mm-hmm. way. So I, I spoke about, gave you a little update mm-hmm. on Celebrate Recovery. And there was a young lady in the audience who was there because of, uh, we did baptisms that day. Mm-hmm. And so she talked to a friend of hers who is friends with my daughter. And, of course, my daughter knows that I'm mm-hmm. leading this. So I was able to have an email conversation with this young lady and who wants to see a friend of hers get some help. Mm-hmm. So we had a little email conversation about that. But uh, it will grow, mm-hmm. and I'm just very excited about it. It's challenging to lead it, but when God... I think I said this at our dedication Sunday. When God has you where he wants you, Mm -hmm. it's not work. That's right. It's joy. Well, and you're right. And, you know, I always think five years in, you have nights where a lot of people come. You have nights where not as many people come. And here's the thing. It's always about the people that are there. It's not about the people that aren't. In that moment, it is about the people that are there. And the one thing that I, I... did want to share just a, a celebrate recovery thing is the beautiful thing about the 12 steps is there's four areas that the 12 steps helps us to work through first is our relationship with god getting right with him yes. turning our wills and our lives over admitting our lives are unmanageable mm-hmm. um, and then we have to get right with ourselves mm-hmm. and writing down the things and writing an inventory you talked about and being balanced it's not everything bad has happened to me. I've right. had good and bad that right. has happened to me. I need to make sure that when I do my inventory that it's balanced, that I'm not just nitpicking at myself of all the bad things that happened or at anybody else, but that I'm balanced in that. Yes. And then 
we get right with God, we get right with ourselves, and then we have to get right with our community, right? Like the people that are around us and the people that maybe we've harmed or um, have harmed us. And then the one thing that I love, love, love about people that go through CR is their gratitude always for the program. And that's how people come back into and serve is because of the gratitude of what God has done in our lives exactly. through the program. Exactly. And that's what... I think that's why it feels so transformative to me is I see the people go, hey, I want to be a part of this. I'm not just finishing up this step study or coming to open share for a year and being done, but I, this becomes a fabric of my life and helping others um, and serving out of gratitude is just a beautiful piece. And it is indicative of how transformative the ministry is, how it, anything that helps you that much, you want to give back to it. So definitely that's a beautiful part of it. Mark, uh, before we go today, can you uh, just mention uh, just where the Celebrate Recovery at Cornerstone meets and mention the night and time again, and maybe if people want to get a hold of you all and find out how to get involved? Certainly. We meet at the Cornerstone Church of Harrisonburg, which is on Route 11, right across the street from the Barbecue Ranch, Thursday evenings at 6.30, and a person would come to the church office's entrance. Um, you can get a hold of us through our uh, email, cr at cstonechurch.org. Uh, also, there's some information about CR uh, at our website. We have a Facebook presence, but I don't do Facebook, so I <laughs> can't speak to that as well. Well, Mark, uh, thank you for joining us uh, for today's broadcast of Hope Talks and sharing a little bit of your story and your testimony with us. It's been great to have you. Yes, thank you very much. I'm uh, honored that you asked. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that as you've heard Mark Stavanis' testimony, that today's broadcast truly has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Hope Talks. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe for all the updates and latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg or Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.